0: Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving? It's not too late to say that, right? No? Good, then it's not too late for a Thanksgiving joke. Okay, you ready for this? Can a turkey jump higher than the Empire State Building? Yes, it can, because buildings can't jump. All right, I got more. I got more. That's fine. That's that's fine. What do you call a turkey on the day after Thanksgiving? Lucky, there you go. I can keep going all day, folks. What did the her- turkey say to the hunter on Thanksgiving Day? Quack, quack. Get it? Okay, I'm gonna keep going until I hear hysterical laughter and going, that's a good one. All right, what do you get when you tar- cross a turkey with a centipede? Wait till the punchline. What do you get when you cross a centipede with a Thanksgiving? Drumsticks for everybody. Well, it may be too late for those jokes for Thanksgiving, so sorry about that. But here's the thing. How many of you on Thanksgiving Day did a thing where you go around the table and say what you're thankful for? A lot of us. My son actually asked the question at our table this year. Let's go around and say what we're thankful for. And we all did that. Uh, When Jennifer and I were first married, we hosted a Thanksgiving, uh, our first Thanksgiving that we had people come over to our house for it, and I was pretty excited about it. I've told this story before. Uh, One of the people we invited, as we're sitting at the table, asked that question. I'm like, we've got home field advantage. I don't think it's your, we get to call the shots here, but they said, hey, let's all go around the table and say what we're thankful for. Well, I was planning on doing that, but I thought, well, I'll allow it. Go ahead. So this person asked the question, we all go around and we answer their question. And then when everyone got done, everyone stopped and they looked at the person that asked it and they panicked because they weren't prepared for a next question, right? And so all of a sudden they go, now let's go around and say three things we want for Christmas. And then we did that and it's kind of like, yeah, it's probably not the best question when you're trying to think about what you're thankful for. Like, let's say three things we we all want that we don't have. Like, suddenly we went from gratitude to 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 greed, like we wanted more, and there's something kind of weird about the fact that the biggest, one of the biggest shopping days of the year is the day after we say what we're thankful for. Let's be honest, not all Black Friday shopping is for others, right? Some nervous laughter, maybe, I don't know, some of it is, but there's something about, it's hard for us to be content, and I don't think it's ever too late to say what you're thankful for. So in fact, today, we're all going to do that, we're not going to pass a mic around the room, But in about 15, 20 minutes into the service, I'm going to ask you to get a piece of paper or get out your phone and make a list. And we're going to make a list in 60 seconds of how many things we're thankful for. And I'm going to tell you why that's so important. Now, kids, we've given you a tool to help with that because if you're a kid here today, it's Family Sunday, which means our kindergarten through fifth grade friends have joined us in the room, and they get a special note-taking page. And if you didn't get one, they're by the back doors. You can go get one. Grab a crayon if you want. And on there are several blanks that we're going to fill in, and I'll call attention to each one. And one of those is called 60 Seconds of Thankfulness. And we're going to all do that together, but you've got your own note-taking page to do that in just a little bit. Don't do that yet. I'll cue you when it's time. We'll time for a minute. And adults, you'll do it as well, or you'll pretend like you're doing it, or you'll just sit there and stare me down like one guy did in the first service. That's fine. Gratitude's a choice. Uh, Anyway, when we say gratitude thankfulness like they all mean the same thing it means being thankful for grateful for what you have what you've been given in life and I heard a guy one time named Wayne Cordero he's a pastor in Hawaii I'm a pastor in Lubbock he's a pastor in Hawaii but I'm thankful for what I have Although I wouldn't mind being thankful to be a pastor in Hawaii it'd be a nice place to be a pastor but he said this quote one time he said I think the Lord is more concerned about our thankfulness than almost anything else it's like that's a pretty big statement God's concerned about me being thankful more than anything else. And then he made his case, and I've thought about some other reasons why, I think he may be right. And one of the reasons I think he's right is because one day, like this thing happened with Jesus where he has this interaction with these 10 guys, and he does something for them, and he notices who's thankful and who's not. And, and I think it matters. And let me tell you the story. It's actually found in Luke chapter 17. In the Bible, there's, there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. The Old Testament is before Jesus the New Testament is Jesus, and then the first followers of Jesus. And in Luke 17, it's what's it's called one of the Gospels. There are four Gospels, which is, means good news, the good news of Jesus. So it talks about the birth, the life, the teaching, and the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third Gospel, and John. And in Luke, he did this careful research to understand who Jesus was, and he actually wrote two, book, two books, Luke and Acts, the story of the first church. And in Luke When he tells about Jesus, one of the things he notes is Jesus told a lot of stories. You know, sometimes people show movies or film clips or they didn't have movies back then. So the way people had kind of engaged wasn't through watching a screen. It was through hearing a story. And Jesus was a very good storyteller. He could tell a story that could help make people lean in and ask what's going on. And it was all to tell one point about who God is or who we are or what, how life works. And Luke makes a note in his gospel that Jesus told a lot of stories. They're called parables. But the story I want to tell you about today wasn't a story that Jesus told. It was something that actually happened to him. And in Luke 17, verse 11, it tells us that he was what, traveling kind of along the border between uh, Galilee and Samaria. And so it was kind of the borderline where people that were Jewish kind of in their, in their beliefs, and then people who were kind of a little bit of everything and, and kind of foreigner to the, to the Jewish culture. And as Jesus is traveling there, this is what happens. Luke 17. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, that's like the very center of the world of, for the Jewish faith, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. Leprosy was a very serious disease. Today, it's not as big of an issue because they know how to treat it. They know kind of how to handle it. It's kind of it's gone away, even though it, I think it still exists in some parts of the world. But at that time, they didn't know what to do about it. And someone got leprosy, basically their skin started kind of falling off. They started kind of wasting away. And eventually affects their nervous system. And, and, and really, if you had that, it was highly contagious. And they didn't know what to do about it. So if you had leprosy, you were kind of pushed off. Like you, you couldn't be around your family anymore because then they would get it. You couldn't be around your friends. You were just kind of on your own. Which means you didn't have friends unless they also had leprosy. That's why these ten guys were together. You couldn't really earn a living and earn money. You were just kind of at the mercy of others. And nobody wanted to come near you because of what you had. They were afraid they would get it. So these 10 guys are desperate. Their lives are basically, they're helpless. They're hopeless. So they see that Jesus is coming. They have this very serious disease. They've probably had it for a long time. And they call out in a loud voice. They're standing at a distance because it's highly contagious. So they yell out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And sometimes, here's the thing about life. Sometimes you're going to get to some place in your life where something in life hurts so much or you're scared so much or something just feels so wrong that you're going to pray the same way they called out to Jesus. Jesus, Master, have pity on me. Do something. You know what? Here's what you need to know. It's okay to do that. They did it. Jesus responded to them. As a matter of fact, Jesus didn't just hear them and see them. He does something. So if you're ever in a place where you feel like at the end of your rope, like you just, it's so tough, call out to Jesus like this and then be looking for what he asks you to do next because he asked them to do something. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. So it gives them something to do. And right away, he doesn't say, you're healed or you're cleansed. He says, go and do this. And it says, as they went, they had to obey what he said to do what he said. And then as they went, they were cleansed. And I bet they looked down and looked at each other and probably started thinking, what does this mean? It means we can go to our family again. We can go anywhere again. We're clean. I, didn't, I thought life was going to get worse and worse and worse. Life just got better. Everything changed because of what Jesus did for them. So you would think probably they're pretty thankful, right? Like at the Thanksgiving table that year in Jerusalem, I bet they went around and I don't think they did Thanksgiving then, but wherever they were, I bet they said, I am so thankful for, I'm healed, I'm cleansed, right? All 10 of them are probably thankful, but watch this. One of them, not 10 of them, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. He wasn't the guy that was likely to go back. Whenever Luke tells a story, he did it with a story called the Good Samaritan, which was a story that Jesus told. And Jesus put a Samaritan who is the least likely guy to be religious, to praise God. And he is the one that goes out of his way to help somebody else. In this story, it's, it's not something that Jesus is telling. It's something that happened. Anybody can respond to God. And this guy does. And he falls at Jesus' feet and he thanks him. And notice that it connects praising God and thanking God. Somehow, when we say thank you to God, it's a way we worship. We worship when we sing. We worship when we say, God, thank you for this, and thank you for them, and thank you for everything you've done for me. It's a form of worship. Here's the other thing you need to see. For this guy, when he looked at Jesus, he didn't go thanking that man, thanking that great teacher, thanking that really good guy, Jesus. It was praising God. He saw Jesus as being God himself. He believed this was God who did it. This was God with us, God in the flesh. And he falls at Jesus' feet, praising God and thanking him. But only one did. Not ten, one. And Jesus notices, look at this, the next verse. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise? Again, He's thanking Jesus, and Jesus says he's praising God by doing that. Jesus is claiming to be God. No one's uh, returned to praise God except this foreigner. Then he looks at the one guy who did come back and say thank you, and he says, rise and go. Your faith, your faith in God made you well. I bet all 10 were thankful, weren't they? I bet they were like, I'm so glad, I'm so thankful. I don't have this disease anymore but only one out of 10 comes back. There's a weird thing about us. We can appreciate and be thankful for what we have at a very deep level and never actually say thank you. There's a weird barrier, a roadblock we have, and it's very important that you bust through that barrier because here's the thing that we notice from this. There's a big difference in kids on your note-taking page. It's on the back right down here. There's a big difference. There's a difference between feeling gratitude and expressing gratitude. There's a difference between feeling gratitude and expressing gratitude. And somehow, they all felt gratitude, but no one returned to say thank you except this one guy. It's important. It may be one of the most important habits you can develop in your life. There's a guy named Charles Duhigg who wrote this book called The Power of Habit. And he has this concept he calls keystone habits. We all have habits we do every day. We brush our teeth, I hope. We get dressed. We go to school. We do our homework. We do work. Like, we have things we do every day. It's just a habit. Some habits you do make an impact on every other area of your life. It's called a keystone habit. That if you do that one, getting a good night's sleep might be a keystone habit. It affects you in so many areas of your life. If you're struggling in any area of your life, sometimes just getting a good night's sleep can make a difference. Gratitude is that kind of habit. When you practice gratitude, not feel gratitude, express it. It does something in you. Not doing it does something in you. There's a difference between feeling gratitude and expressing gratitude. A guy named William Arthur Ward says this, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping up a present and never giving it. You bought them a present. You wrapped it up. It's the perfect gift. But if you never give it, it doesn't make a difference. Gratitude's the same way. So why is it for them or for us, a lot of times we have so much to be grateful for, and we feel grateful, but we never actually express gratitude to God or even to others? I think there might be these things called uh, gratitude or thankfulness roadblocks. Let me list some of the ones I thought about. See if you can think of what others might be or what yours might be, if like, there's something that keeps you from being thankful, which one is most likely to get you? It might be not real, realizing all that you've been given. Sometimes we don't just stop and make a list and think, man, if I think of all the things God's given me, I become more and more grateful. I feel more and more, more grateful and hopefully express it. Or maybe I take for granted what I know I have. It's, sometimes I don't know what I have. Sometimes I do know and I just take it for granted. No, this is just normal. Everyone has this. But you watch the news, or even more, if you travel around the world, you realize we've got a lot more than a lot of people. Well, we've been given a lot in life. Sometimes we feel entitled, we feel like deserve it. Well, I worked for that money, or I earned it, it's, it's mine. Sometimes we're in a place where we're asking God to do something for us, and he hasn't answered that prayer yet, and we focus on that rather than focusing on the prayers he has answered. Sometimes we feel like no one's ever said thank you to me, it's like if you're... If you, you've been giving to others and no one ever said thanks and sometimes it can make you very kind of cynical. Sometimes if you're in a challenging life circumstance, if life is difficult, if life is hard, that tends to turn our eyes inward rather than upward and outward. And if you're in a tough place in life, you may be missing and have these blind spots of all that God has done in the past or he's currently given you for where you are because you're focused on that one thing. It's a very real pain and a very real thing. And it's okay to acknowledge it to God but don't lose track of everything he's given you because it does something to your heart. Hard circumstances can harden a heart. Be very careful. And not taking the time to just simply say thank you. Sometimes we just, we feel it, but we're like those nine guys. Like we never go back and actually just say thank you. What I want to challenge you to do is there are several practical things I want you to do, to do today. This is the first one. Can you think of one, what was most likely to get you on that list? What's the main thing that might keep you from expressing gratitude to God or to others. Maybe it's not taking the time, developing that habit where you do it. Chuck Williams, who was the founding senior pastor at Live Oak, he had a practice that he would do a lot of times. He would do his daily top 10 he was thankful for. And one time he told me, he said, I try to always make sure that my list tomorrow is different than the one I have today because I want to keep thinking of new things. And I'll come back, and he was always thankful for for Ann, his wife, and his son, Rich, and thankful for Live Oak, and thankful for so many things. But he, I said, I always to be thinking of new things to see because I realized I'm never gonna run out of options of what I can say thank you for. That's a very important habit, and I, I think he did that. Taking the time, practicing that habit. Maybe you're in a difficult circumstance and you realize that could be robbing you of gratitude. Maybe it's just not realizing and making a list of all that you have, but figure out what it is for you and then decide, I'm not gonna let that keep me from expressing gratitude to a very generous God. And in Luke 17, 17 through 19, what we see there when these two guys, are, uh, this one guy comes back and nine didn't, Jesus asks a question, where are the other nine? He notices. And here's the thing, and I thought about this, is like, is it a big deal for Jesus that we say thank you? And I think it is. But why? And I don't think it's because he needs to hear it. It's because we need to say it. There's something about expressing it that when I do that, I acknowledge that God is very generous and he's good and he has a track record of generosity. And suddenly I know that I need to say thank you. As a matter of fact, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it's on the note-taking page in the very top, fill in the blank. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, here's the verse for today. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, in Christ Jesus, So the blanks there are give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And when you give thanks to God, it does something in you. If you ever got something new, like let's say you got a watch for Christmas, you'd want to read the directions of how it works because it tells you how it works best. Now this is a watch that some of these are designed to go in water. Mine is not. So if I went swimming with this watch, it would become a really nice bracelet. (laughs) It would not be a watch anymore. It would stop functioning. It says do not submerge in water. You don't do that because that's how it wasn't designed to do that. And it needs to be paired with my my phone. So I know I've got to pair it through Bluetooth to this. Like it's got these directions because this is how it works best. Sometimes directions when you get something is how to keep you safe or to keep others safe. A lot of times, and here's how I want to challenge you to think about directions anytime you see that, especially guys, think about this. Every time there's instructions that we don't read, it's there to keep you safe, others safe, and for you to enjoy the product best. Okay? Here's the thing about you: God created you. The instructions he gives you is to help keep you safe, to keep others safe, and for you to enjoy life best. These are the instructions. That is the instructions for how you work best. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's God's will, his plan for you, his instructions for you in Christ Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, his plan for you is gratitude. You can choose to follow that plan or not. One thing I want to point out, he doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances or for every situation in life because sometimes life is hard. Sometimes it hurts. And he doesn't say, give thanks that you're in a bad situation. No, he says, in a bad situation, make sure you're giving thanks. That might be the thing that helps, helps you navigate and get out of it mentally, with your soul, with your life, with your attitude, with everything. Just practicing gratitude makes a difference. Let me give you several ways it makes a difference. It makes a difference with our contentment. If you ever find yourself kind of wanting more in life, which is almost all of us, at some point, we have this idea like, I want more. I don't have enough. I need something new. I want more. I want more. I want more. It gets all of us. And here's the thing. Tomorrow, the holidays are over, and some people are going to go to work tomorrow thinking of the best plans to help you, to make you want something, to want more. They get paid a lot of money because they make a lot of money if they can get you to not be content. Marketers want to accomplish two things with your kids, kids with you, with us, What they want to do is they want to awaken and amplify your desire to consume. They want to make you want. If they can make you want, they win. Because they're going to make money on what you spend, what you buy. As a matter of fact, I'm usually not the target demographic uh, of people that are, of what they're selling. My kids are. Your kids are. Marketers, they want your kids to want because then they're going to come to you and say, I want this, and they get a lot of money. That's what they do, and they awaken this idea. And if you're a marketer in this room, not against you, I'm, I'm happy for you, but I just, I, what I know is contentment can be the enemy of gratitude, or lack of contentment can be the enemy of gratitude. The other thing that, that they try to do is they kind of blur the line between wants and needs. And when you realize that God has promised to give you everything you need and then some, When the line is blurred, I find myself wanting more, and suddenly I'm not content. Gratitude anchors us and reminds us God has been very generous. I'm not lacking. But it's not just contentment. Something I struggle with is anxiety, worry, fear. There are times in life where I worry about what's next or what if, and and I know several of you in the room have told me you struggle with that too. It's just something that's been a lifelong struggle for me. I've grown a lot in that area, and I always have to work as I navigate that and ask for God's help as I navigate it. One thing I've learned is that gratitude, saying thank you to God, helps me navigate worry and anxiety and fear. Because when I remember everything that God has done so far, I remember he's not done. The same God who's gotten me this far, who's provided so many things in my life, is generous, and he's giving, and he's powerful. As a matter of fact, in Luke 12, he records Jesus' teaching about worry. And, and the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4 teaches us about worry as well. And one of the things that you see in a lot of these places, whenever worry is talked about, thankfulness and gratitude is usually linked to it in some way. As a matter of fact, The Apostle Paul said, this is a simplified version of Philippians 4, 6, and 7, worry about nothing and pray about everything with gratitude, with thankfulness. Worry about nothing, but pray about everything with thankfulness. Thankfulness and being able to navigate worry go hand in hand because somehow it keeps me linked to God. Another way, there's a connection, I think, between gratitude and generosity. One thing I know about people who go to Live Oak is you're very generous. We just finished these giving initiatives uh, over the uh, month of November. You guys were very generous in giving to Operation Christmas Child by packing boxes, packing up a Lubbock Impact Hygiene Kits, giving gift cards and time uh, to the children's home of Lubbock. You guys are so generous with with tithes and offerings to help us fulfill the mission. And you do that as an act of worship, also as an act of partnership uh, with the mission here. And you you guys are very generous. And here's one thing I've learned about me and generosity. The more grateful I am, it tends to be the more generous I am. Because I realize it all comes from him. It's all his anyway. And when I realize how much I've been given, I tend to be more giving. It's just kind of how our hearts and our lives are designed. And I think there are so many other ways that uh, gratitude is connected to other parts of our life. And I really do think that whatever situation you're in right now, if there's some kind of challenge or situation where you feel stuck or overwhelmed, whatever that situation might be, try practicing gratitude as a habit and see what it does for your soul. You were designed, created to be someone who is grateful, not because he needs to hear it, but because we need to say it for that reminder. It really does matter. And here, here's a way to think about what gratitude is. We're going to get really practical here. Gratitude is doing an inventory of all God has given me. As a matter of fact, kids, this is on your note-taking page as well. Gratitude is doing an inventory of all that God has given me and reminds me that it's all his. So on your note-taking page right here, gratitude is the first blank, is doing an inventory of all God has given me and it reminds me that it is all his. You may not know what the word inventory means, so let me help you think about that. An inventory is basically a list of what you have. Now, kids, I want you to help me with this. What is something that you have more than one of, like uh, 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 toys or something like that? So, like, uh, like cars. You may really like cars or stuffed animals. Some kids, I, I think sometimes some kids have more stuffed animals than Noah did, or animals than Noah did. Like, like sometimes you have more than one thing. It's like a collection or. A, Thing, like what is something that you have that you might make a list of because you have more than one? Can you think of any examples? Anybody? Legos. That'd be a big inventory. Yes. Barbies. Blocks. What's that? Markers. Pokemon. Pokemon cards. Yes. Toys in general. Lots of toys. In the, uh, in the first service, we had someone that said socks, all right? I'm glad that he's grateful for socks. And we had somebody that says rocks, future geologist. Anybody else? Anybody else get one in that really wanted to? Yeah. Games? Good, good, good. Okay, so here's the deal. If you were to make an inventory of all of that, whether it be Barbies, games, uh, rocks, Pokemon, Pokemon cards, whatever it is, if you are to make an inventory, it's basically making a list of saying this is what I have and how many I have of them. And you might do that for different reasons. Maybe it's to make sure that, you know, brother or sister didn't sneak in and grab one of those Barbies, Pokemon cards, Legos, whatever it is. But some, here's, here's the reason I think you should do an inventory. Make a list. Because when you do that, it's making an inventory of all God has given you and it reminds you everything he's given you, it's actually his. God said, I've got this and I want you to have it for your enjoyment, to take care of, to make life better. So I'm giving this to you. I'm providing it for you. So when you make a list like that, it reminds us that it's all his. So here's what I want us all to do right now. Let's make a list of what we're thankful for. I'm gonna put 60 seconds on my phone and I'm gonna count it off. I'll give you a start. And I want you to make a list. And if you don't have a piece of paper nearby, uh, there should be pens near everybody. Uh, Three categories. God, things about who God is. For instance, God is loving. I appreciate that about God. He's very generous. And parents, you might need to help your kids with it. That'd be great. And kids, I'll tell you this. At the end of the service, if you'd like to show me your list of what you're thankful for, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. It might really inspire me. Uh, So things about who God is, qualities about who he is, people in my life that I'm thankful for, and I'll also include pets in that. Dogs are included. Cats are kind of on the line, but they're still included. Anything that you've got that's got a heartbeat, it counts, okay? Things in your life that you're thankful for, people in your life that you're thankful for, and, and excuse me, God, people, and stuff. Anything, and it could be some of the stuff that you listed out. I'm thankful for Legos. I'm thankful for games, whatever it is. So for 60 seconds, you're going to list as many things as you can in any of those three categories. Who God is, people in your life, or stuff that God's given you. Okay, ready? I mean the timer ready, on your mark, get set, go. Thirty seconds. What are you thankful for? Fifteen seconds. Five, four, three, two, one, and pencils down. Whoa, okay, 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 stop. Sorry, sorry. R2 had something to say there. Hey, um, how'd you do? How's your list? Good? Strong to quite strong? All right. Here's the thing. After the service, kids, I'd love to see yours. Adults, I'd love to see yours too. Here's why this list is important. When you make a list, take an inventory of all that God's given you, it reminds you how good God is, how generous it is, but it should also remind you that it's all his. Everything we have eventually, ultimately comes from him. All of it. And here's one of the things I really believe. Uh, why making a list like this is so important. That our thankfulness, not just feeling it, but expressing it, may be the greatest indicator of who we really think is in charge. See, if I look at this list and say, it's all my stuff, I'm in charge. But if I look at this list and say, this is all God's, And he's asked me to take care of some of it. He's given it to me to enjoy, but it's ultimately all his. It reminds me that ultimately God's in charge of my life, not me. And God is very good when he's in charge. He's better equipped for that job than I am to be in charge of my life. So I would challenge you to make a habit of doing this 60 seconds of gratitude once a day for the next 30 days. In 30 days, it's Christmas time. Yes. 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 So here's the deal. In the next 30 days, we are more likely to focus on our Christmas list than a list of what we're thankful for. It's okay to focus on your Christmas list, especially if I'm on it. Please focus on it. Please do that. Give me more things to be thankful for. I love it. That's great. But if once a day between now and Christmas, you stopped and just said, I'm going to take 60 seconds to write as many things as I can think of that I'm thankful for. To do it every day, I think what you would create is not just a grateful heart that expresses thankfulness, you would create a habit of gratitude that might be the key to any battle, any challenge that you face in life. And it would be good for your soul. Our thankfulness may be the greatest indicator of who we really think is in charge. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. So many times people say, I don't know what God's will is, I don't know what God's plan is for my life. There are several areas. We know what it is. This is one area. And if you would practice thankfulness and gratitude, if it was a habit and you expressed it, not just felt it, it might be the thing to understanding the other areas in God's will for your life. So I challenge you to express gratitude to God over the next 30 days. But here's the other thing. And kids, this is on your note-taking page too, a big circle on the back. Is there someone in your life you can say thank you to? Because saying thanks to others, I think is important as well. God's put people in your life. If you wrote on that list of people you're thankful for, tell them. God told us to love God and love people. A great way you can do that, loving God and loving people, is thanking God and thanking people. Don't just feel gratitude, express it, say it. As a matter of fact, if someone's on your list, find them in the next 24 hours and tell them face-to-face. Text them, call them, write them a note. Do whatever you think would be the most meaningful way for them to experience a thank you from you. Make a list of anybody that you're thankful for in your life and then find the most meaningful way that they would experience a thank you from you. So like for me, I'm gonna call my parents tomorrow. We spent Thanksgiving with them. They were a very generous host and, and I wanted to say thank you to them. So I'm gonna call them. I could text them. No, it'd be more meaningful to call them, to say, thank you. I'm thankful for you, and here's why. So I want to challenge you to do that. In the next day or two, find a way to say thank you to others. Because don't just feel gratitude. Express gratitude to others. And when it comes to expressing gratitude to God, the most mean, here's what I think is the most meaningful way to express gratitude to God. What, what would be if, I, if God's on the receiving end of us saying thanks, what would mean the most to him? Saying it in your prayers is great. Making a list and saying, God, all of this is from you. Thankful. I'm thankful for it. The best expression of gratitude to God is a well-lived life. It's saying, yes, I'll do what you say. I'll follow the instructions because it keeps me safe. It keeps others safe. It helps me enjoy life best. Living life God's way is a great way to say, say thanks to God. I think it's meaningful because he talks about it a lot about what it looks like for us to say thanks and to to be obedient, to respond and do what he says. Well, We're about to turn the corner to Christmas. Like, Like Christmas is a month away, exactly one month away. And I challenge you between now and Christmas, practice on your thankfulness list once a day. Just practice that habit and establish it of saying thanks. Focus on that list, not just your Christmas list. Well, we're also starting a new Christmas series in here next week called Christmas Interrupted. Christmas is all about interruptions. If you've noticed it, you've got Christmas interrupts your, your schedule, your plans. Uh, it interrupts your budget, interrupts your health. It's, it's, a, it's a season of interruptions. And the Christmas story itself everybody in the Christmas story, like if you look at a nativity scene, everybody in the nativity scene, their story was interrupted. Their plans were interrupted. Mary, Joseph, the wise men, the shepherds, even King Herod. Like it was all interrupted. Change of plans. When there's a change to plan, of plans in my life, I usually get very flustered. It throws me off. But what if those moments, those interruptions are actually opportunities to build a greater faith and express faith? We're going to focus on that in that series. And if you think about it, the, the Christmas story, what we read about what happened, it interrupted everybody's plans except for Jesus. It was, this was part of his plan, was to interrupt our story so he could be the center of our story and change our lives and change history. So we're going to focus on that about Christmas Interrupted starting next week. If you'd stand for closing prayer, I want to also challenge you to uh, Christmas Eve is coming up. I think it's on the 24th this year, isn't it? Uh, so not, not so fast. It's the 24th and the 23rd. We're going to celebrate Christmas Eve Eve. We're going to have four identical services at Live Oak, Candlelight Christmas Eve services, two on Sunday morning the 23rd, 9:30 and 11, and then two on Monday on Christmas Eve itself. and 5 p.m. All four will be identical. This is the most opportune time for inviting someone to church who might normally not say yes. People are more likely to say a yes for Christmas Eve, even more than Easter these days, is Christmas Eve. So look at this and figure out how it might fit into your Christmas plans or how you might invite somebody else to be part of this. And our goal is to make this a meaningful experience for you, your family, and anyone you invite. So put that on your calendar and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank thank you isn't enough to express uh, how much you've done for us. And we know that saying thank you matters. It mattered that you noticed when somebody didn't in that story. And it's not because you were offended, but I, I think your heart was breaking for those other nine. They were missing a deeper connection with you by simply acknowledging of who you were and what you've given them. God, I pray that we would develop this habit of expressing gratitude. And for some of us, there are barriers that get in the way. And for some people in this room, they're in a very difficult circumstance. Life is challenging these days. And I pray that you would help them bust through that barrier of being in a difficult spot to practice gratitude even when sometimes there are plenty of things in their life that they're questioning or wondering what's going on. I pray they would lean into you and express gratitude and thank that you've promised to lean into them as they go through a difficult situation. Lord, I especially pray for those who have lost somebody in their life uh, and they're grieving somebody or maybe just grieving something In their life, you've promised to be close to the brokenhearted and to comfort all those with broken hearts. And so we ask that you do that. For those that lost somebody in this last year, the holidays can be challenging. And I know that they miss them. And I pray that you would be the God of all comfort to them and help them to choose to be grateful and practice gratitude and thankfulness for the gift that that person was to their life. And we know that they matter because they miss them so much. And I pray you'd be close to them in this season. And for all of us, help us develop grateful hearts that are in tune with you and how much you've done for us cuz you are so generous it's in Jesus name i pray amen thanks for being here if you'd like to talk I'll be down at the front kids i'd love to see your list if you have one Holy Spirit, come us now. we are your church we need your prayer King